Hello, welcome to the Kevin Schuster Perspective. UFC 248 was crazy good. Super fun to watch. So that's why I'm playing some country today. I'm loving it. I don't know what it is recently, but this this country music has just been super upbeat and fun for me to listen to. So, if you don't like country, my apologies, but it's my podcast too. So, but first of all, that Joanna versus Young Lee fight was unbelievable. One of the best fights I've ever seen, male or or female. It's not even. It was just crazy to watch. I mean, it was back and forth. They pretty much just stood in the pocket and just went right after one another for five straight rounds. Um, Whaley obviously won uh, by decision, so she's going to remain the strawweight champion. But I strongly disagree. Well, I shouldn't say strongly. I, I disagree to a pretty good extent. I think I think Joanna won that fight. Uh she had more strikes landed, more significant strikes landed. I mean, it's hard to tell. Um, when you look at each each of them after the fight, they both looked very beat up. Um, Ioana had a big, her forehead was completely swollen. She looked almost unrecognizable. And then Whaley had bruises and cuts all over her face that um, they actually both went to the hospital right after the fight. No, no post-fight press conferences, nothing. Right to the hospital, um, but I mean that just that just shows, right? They they really put it all out there, and and really gave the fans uh, an amazing performance, especially considering that the next fight was garbage. But I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I really think Joanna won that fight. She uh, <coughs> excuse me, she yeah landed more strikes. She was pressing Wei Li much more than the other way around. And I don't know. Uh, it was just something about it. You want to seem to catch, I mean, I think myself and a lot of viewers are our eyes a lot more. She seemed um, just more in Whaley's face, throwing more, whether it was connecting or not. I mean, I have the numbers here. It, it, and, I mean, it was pretty close. Uh, looking at it by round, both the, the first and the third round, they threw almost the exact same amount of strikes. So really it's up to the judges, you know, whatever they saw. Uh, they clinched a lot in those rounds, and Joanna won both of those very well. You know, former Muay Thai world champion, so obviously she, she, has a, she does very well with elbows and knees, especially in, in close range. Um, but, I mean, even if you were to split... Those two rounds, give one to Yuana, give one to Whaley. Yuana still threw much more in rounds two and five, which obviously would give her, I mean, do the math, I would give her three rounds over Whaley without even looking at round four, which is pretty even also. So I don't know. I don't know about that. I know a lot of people, uh, Conor McGregor, Valentina Chevchenko, people like that, they, they, def they also thought Yuana won the fight. But, I, I mean, if you go back to what I've said before, to beat a champion, you really got to beat them. So if the judges didn't see enough, then that's, then that's that. A champion should keep their belt 
unless the other person, you know, definitely beats them. And, you know, you can obviously tell by that. But apparently the judges couldn't. I'm not a judge. I guess I can't say too much. But I, I definitely thought you want to win the fight. Um, I definitely think with that whole forehead issue, uh, she said it was bothering her. I definitely agree. I think that would bother anyone, especially getting punched repeatedly on your forehead when it's swollen, when there's you know excess blood there, when there's all that going on, you're tired. That has to take a toll. And so maybe if that never happened, you know, she would have had more energy, maybe had thrown a little bit more, maybe swayed the judges, but she didn't, you know, Whaley's still champion. Whaley's a great person and a great fighter, so I have no issue with her being champion. I think that's amazing. First Chinese champion, too, you know, so for her to defend that. Yeah, first Chinese defending champion, too, I guess you can add add that to her name now, too. Uh, great fight, though. I had so much fun. Everyone at Buffalo Wild Wings was going crazy. Um, everyone online was going crazy, so just a super fun, super fun time. But it was it was cool to see after uh, Valentina Chevchenko was kind of throwing shade at Whaley. Besides the post where uh, she said that Joanna won, she was throwing some other shade. So that would be interesting. That would be interesting if Chevchenko came down to strawweight and fought Whaley. Definitely could be done. And in my opinion, Chevchenko wins that fight 100%. Because as we've seen with, with Wei Li, when rounds go on and on, she doesn't look as sharp, you know? Her power starts to go a little bit more. And with people like Chevchenko, who's a five-round, you know, could knock you out in any round whenever they want, you know, I would take her definitely in, in that fight. But who knows? Whaley's going to need a lot of time off before anything else starts because she looks beat up. So, but all credit to her. She should take as much time as she, as she needs to recover. Um that was one of the best fights ever. I'm I'm so excited about that. I honestly probably uh, when it comes back out on UFC Fight Pass, I'll I'll keep rewatching it. Probably, I I've done that a bunch with some of the other fights that I've liked in the past. Just fun to watch. It's a, it's great to see two fighters completely throw it all out there. You know, put their bodies on the line like that. It was it was a super cool event, especially with two people who who are that charismatic and and just nice fun people. It's it's a great thing. Very respectful too. But then you got the the main event, which just wasn't wasn't good at all, in my opinion. Uh Israel Adesanya won by unanimous decision over Yoel Romero. Um, as I predicted, also. I was three three for five on my predictions in, in the last podcast. Uh so that isn't terrible. And if I mean I predicted Yoana and I thought Joanna, along with other people, I thought she won. So really, could have been four out of five. That's not bad. I'll take that for my for my first time, you know. But Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. If you didn't see the fight, this is how it started. The the initial bell rang, and Yoel Romero walked to the middle, and stood for a minute and a half, and did not move, a single muscle. Had his hands up. He was in, you know, just a normal fighting stance, and didn't move for a minute and a half. What? I don't even know why that would even be an option. I don't know what he was thinking, really. It was the most bizarre start to a fight I've ever seen. The whole fight was bizarre. But to walk to the middle of the octagon and just stand for a minute and a half without even moving, what is the plan? What, like, what is the game plan? And this went on for, I mean, this... 
this was pretty much what happened for all five rounds. Romero kind of didn't move that much and then would just try to explode randomly. And, you know, that, that it just didn't work. Obviously, he lost. But Adesanya won pretty much because of his light kicks. Neither of them threw that many punches at all. But Adesanya beat up Romero's uh, front leg. And so the judges noticed that, and that was pretty much it. But it was a very weird fight. It was, I think it has <coughs> the uh, second or third lowest strikes ever in a championship fight. Ever. So it was weird. And especially coming in right after the the previous fight with Joanna and Whaley, like which was one of the best fights ever. So the fans were booing. People didn't like it at all. Uh, I don't really... Yeah, but I mean, the decision was right. Adesanya should win. I, I'm really not a fan of how Romero performed because, look, it could have been his last uh, championship fight for him. He, it, it could be la- his last time to, to get the title. He's 42 years old. It could be his last time. He has three more fights on his contract with the UFC. And he said that he wants to fight till he's 50, but, you know, who knows if that's possible. So he could, you know, he could have three more fights in the UFC and then be done completely if they don't resign him, you know. So I'm I'm not sure. But, yeah, so his game plan must have been going in there and having both him and Adesanya not throwing many punches, but then the few that Romero connects with just is more significant than the few Adesanya would hit him with. And, I mean, I understand what he was thinking because his power is a little bit better. He's a little faster in those weird explosions where he just lulls Adesanya, or not Adesanya, but lulls his previous opponents in, and then he explodes. But when you want to become champion, you have to go beat the champion. And he was he was complaining after the fight. He was literally complaining. He was saying that Adesanya <laughs> what, didn't initiate any fighting. Come on. Romero literally stood and didn't move for a minute and a half. And you're you're saying that the champion did something wrong? <sighs> when you're champion, you shouldn't have to do wh- anything if the other person's not doing anything. You're champion. You're defending it. When you look at John Jones, what does he do every single fight? He's just defensive, 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 and try to pick you apart with jabs and whatever from distance without taking much damage. And then... That's it. On the scorecards, he did a little bit better, had better defense. Boom, he wins. Floyd Mayweather in boxing. He was one of the most he was one of the least hit people of all time. And he's now 50-0, 51-0, whatever it was after the McGregor fight. So yeah, if Romero doesn't want to move, if I was Adesanya, I wouldn't move. I mean, think about it. Adesanya and his whole team have built up this game plan for the whole camp for Two and a half months had a full training camp designed for one particular way. This is how they all work. So why? Because Romero is being kind of weird and just standing there not doing much. Why would why does Adesanya have to change his entire game plan? He shouldn't. He shouldn't have to initiate anything. The challenger should try to go in and take the belt from the champion, and that's it. And the champion has to defend that. So, I have no no disrespect for Adesanya in that fight whatsoever, but I was 
I'm very interested and disappointed, really, in Romero's performance. He definitely could have done a lot better. But what this sets up for is Paulo Costa when he gets back because he's fighting Adesanya next. That's, but if, they, if neither of them get injured, that's 100% the fight to make. I actually just rewatched every single one of Paulo Costa's UFC fights last night, every single one. And it was interesting because in every fight, he literally just pushes forward the entire time. No matter if he's hurt or whatever, never backs away. He puts the other person against the cage and just tries to work the entire time, landing big shots. It's not very technical. He'll go up and down. He'll land a couple shots to the head, then go to the body and, and mix it up in that respect. Has some good kicks. But everything he throws is just power. It's not like he's necessarily setting everything up. He's just trying to. He's really just trying to knock the other person out. And he has said this on multiple occasions that that's what he's going to try to do with Adesanya. Just walk him down and try to and just try to take him out. And that's going to be an amazing fight because the last person that did that was Calvin Gaslam against Adesanya, and that was in that one fight of the year this past year, or it was a candidate or whatever. So that'll be super exciting. And I, I mean, I can't wait for that. I don't know when that'll be because Adesanya really didn't take any damage whatsoever. And then Costa is going to be, he's going to be fully cleared in, in a month or so, or a couple months, I'd assume. Uh, so I don't know. That's, I'm super excited for that. I think it's going to be really, a really, really good fight. But, uh, yeah, poor main event. Probably, probably one of the worst ones I've ever seen, in my opinion. Um, out of the five or six years I've I've been watching this, out of all the pay per views I've ever seen, out, out of all the highlights I've watched, that was probably the most boring fight I've ever seen. But Adesanya stuck to his game plan, did what he had to do, and in, in you know stays champion. Fully respect that one hundred percent. But Romero should have done something completely different. I don't I don't know if that was just his own beliefs or his camps, but they got it. They got to do better. And I know Dana White president of the UFC was not happy really either with Romero's performance I mean he can't do anything about it but he was definitely disappointed so he'll make sure to have a conversation with Romero I would assume to make sure none of that ever happens again very interesting all of it was very interesting and now some of the other fights uh beforehand uh Benil Dariush knocked out Drakkar Close called that one beautiful left hook in the in the second round but it was interesting because the first round, uh, Darius was trying to submit close for a long time, a long time. But he, I mean, he completely won the first round, Darius, by a lot. But close did very well defensively, worked on Darius's hands and never let him, you know, try to lock in a submission whatsoever. So close did a very good job defending. And especially if Darius was trying to, you know, he's using all of his energy to try to submit you, that's very tiring. So going into the second round, it looked like Close maybe could come back, have more energy. Um, he looks more athletic. You know, it's hard to tell with a lot of these fighters, but, you know, he's ha has more muscle. He's more built. And uh, he went in there, and he, he rocked Darius with, with a beautiful shot. But I shouldn't say rookie mistake. He's had, he's had a bunch of uh, UFC fights, not many, but a, but a few. He tried to go finish Darius. Just he, he noticed that he was a little wobbly and lost all sense of skill and just tried to go take him out. And Darius just countered that. And as, you know, Close wasn't being smart, you know, he got hit with the left left hook and got knocked knocked out. 
and I've seen this plenty of times when I'm watching fights. Fighters will, you know, they'll think that they have it because the other guy's wobbly and they're going in for the kill, but they lose all sense of defense and then just get taken out themselves. So, I mean, Darius completely won that fight. Um, it was a great, well, obviously, but he did well um, on the feet and on the ground. Just an overall great performance. Close could have had it. He had a very good chance. Who would have knows? I mean, they would probably, if Darius didn't land that left hook, they probably went, would have went to the ground where Darius actually has a very good advantage. So who knows how that would have ended. But nonetheless, it was, a, it was a very good fight. And it was exciting because, I mean, all the other fights were by decision. So that was the only knockout of the night for the main card. So that was very exciting. Uh, this one I was wrong. This next fight, uh, Neil Magny beat Li Jingliang by decision. Now, let me tell you something. Magny looked like he was, you know, 10 times better than Jingliang in this fight. Didn't even look like they should be in the same promotion, the same fight card. Magny looked like he should be on the main event. Jingliang, not at all. Um, which it was very surprising for me. I watched... I watched Jingliang, and he looks good. He had good submissions in his previous fights. He had good knockouts in his previous fights. He looked good um, training all up, you know, before this uh, fight. But it was just, it wasn't even close. Neil looked completely just phenomenal. He used jabs, his movement, his kicks, his boxing. He outboxed Lee, who has much better knockout power than Magny does. Outboxed him, out-wrestled him outgrappled him I mean Magni just in every which way in every different martial art just was better the entire fight he couldn't close it he couldn't knock him out he had Lee just covering up in a guard just taking shots uh, ref never stopped it I mean Lee didn't look completely out so that's that's understandable but Magni had that fight easily from the literally from the start to the end it there was no point where Magny looked like he was about to lose and that's that's you can't really say that in many fights and a lot of fights you know the other guy you know maybe gets a little advantage for at least a minute or so but no for 15 straight minutes Magny just picked apart this guy so that's very interesting I mean Magny was coming off a little bit of a hiatus right a year a year or so year and a half not fighting anyone so I, I was he was sharp and it was very surprising for him being out uh, to just come back in and, and do, do Jing Liang like that. that. I mean, very good fight, though. Nonetheless, I thought it was a great performance. I think he should be, you know, in the future with a couple more fights, will be highly ranked and a good contender. If he keeps up that exact performance in, in uh, future fights, then 100%. He looks like a, a contender, and that's that was very cool to see. Now, the first fight on the... Uh, Main card I got right also. Uh, Alex Oliveira, he won uh, over Max Griffin by unanimous decision. Uh, it was pretty even. But like I predicted, Oliveira was, is more of the uh, knockout technical kind of guy. Max Griffin's just, um, I guess you could just say a little well-rounded, but not quite there on, you know, on a superstar level, obviously. But Oliveira did good. It was interesting. Oliveira... When he's trying to, when he's attacking, he just puts his hands down and just goes after it. Throws wild punches, gets in these wild exchanges, wild kicks, 
And a lot of times, that's not good. Obviously, you can get countered. You can get caught off guard, uh, especially by very experienced fighters. Max Griffin wasn't able to do that. Oliveira was able to throw these weird shots and uh, <clears throat> weird kicks, grappled well, and Griffin just couldn't, he couldn't figure out a way to get around that and counter it. Um, so it was very, it was a very good fight. It was very, it was even for the most part, but I mean, you could tell Oliveira was just the better fighter. He he was more technical. He seemed more, uh, it, he just seems like he's been fighting a lot longer than Griffin has. He seems definitely more experienced, but I mean, all these fights were besides, besides the main event, Israel Adesanya, who's supposed to be the new poster boy of the UFC since McGregor's kind of been out a little bit. He's supposed to be the whole new poster boy, the, the the new superstar. And him and Romero had the most boring fight I've ever seen in my entire life. So disappointing, but it's, it's cool. You got the bonuses obviously went to Ioana and uh, Whaley, which is great. They completely deserve that. It was a super, super cool fight. Um, and then one, one guy that I didn't really mention much, um, it was the main event for the prelims. That was Sean O'Malley. And my God, did he look unbelievable. So Sean O'Malley, bantamweight, you know, 135. Uh, he had a first-round knockout. It took him two minutes to, to finish Jose Quinone. I think that's how you pronounce it. But Jose is what I'm going to go with. Yeah, Sean O'Malley knocked him out in two minutes. It wasn't even close. The most lopsided fight of the entire night, all the at all the prelims, at the main card, every every fight, completely lopsided. Jose did not land a single shot in those two minutes. Sean O'Malley landed 18. 13 on the feed, five on the ground. Jose <laughs> couldn't even land a shot. And you could just tell right away, right when the fight started, Sean O'Malley, he's jumping, he's bouncing around, flying around the, the octagon like he has, like his energy is limitless. Literally. And it was weird. He'd throw a punch and then, you know, get out of it and move around. He didn't see, he seemed so much faster, like a like a track sprinter compared to just a you know a normal UFC fighter. It was crazy. It was crazy. No disrespect to Jose whatsoever. This happens. People, especially Sean O'Malley, who has a bunch of support, he has a ton of confidence. So he just went in he went in there and just destroyed him. Um, one thing I want to know, if, if you don't know much about Sean O'Malley, I, I think you should definitely be a fan of his. He's a great guy. When he uh, got his Reebok deal, they give them, Reebok gives them $10,000, right? And they're allowed to do what they want with it. Um, in regards to, you know, it has to be Reebok related, but they're allowed to do what they want with it. A lot of people, you know, they go out on a shopping spree, get themselves their uh, you know, their wives, their family, whatever, gets them a bunch of gear. O'Malley, with all $10,000, bought kids Reebok shoes. And ever since that day has, every time there's an instance where there's kids who need shoes or wherever, you know, in the country, he goes and gives those Reebok shoes to those kids. And I think, because he's not like a superstar yet. He was still on the prelims. So it's not like he's making a ton of money. And he, he... Use his ten thousand in that, in that respect, and that was awesome. I love that. A lot of these guys are so respectable. You know, they're going in and beating each other up, but they're some of the nicest people in the entire world for all sports. 
So he's a super exciting guy to watch. He has knockout power for being, for looking extremely thin and lanky. So that's just a cool thing to watch. That's like how McGregor's left hand, you know, he doesn't, he's not too much bigger than who he's fighting, but it's like his left hand is just has steel in his glove, apparently. But yeah, O'Malley looked unbelievable, super exciting. And I, I'm looking forward to him being a true bantamweight contender. Because the way he performed, he should be on a on a the main card of a, a main event, I mean soon. Whenever he feels healthy, he should be out there doing that. He seemed that good. So overall, this was a great fight night. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings from 8 p.m. to 2 in the morning. And the worst part was, well, it was a f- great night. But the bad thing was that the clocks went ahead an hour. So really, I was there from 8. And then when it hit 2, it went to 3. So really, I was there from 8, 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. But I don't really care. I had such a fun night. I love watching these fights. I love talking about these fights. So... I mean, I'm super excited for all a lot of all these fighters that won, um, and Joanna. I'm I'm super excited to see what they have in store for them in the future because they all performed very very well. There's a lot of great performances all around. So it was it was a very good night compared to some of the other ones I've seen. A lot of times, you know, you have the main event, which is a big fight, and then the undercards are a lot of weird decisions and nothing really going on. This was exciting. Throughout the whole night, I was on the edge of my seat watching all these fights. So, super fun. Now, in regards to my podcast, so with all this coronavirus stuff going on, they actually, UMass Amherst just announced today that we're going to online classes for a bit until April 6th, and then they'll reevaluate and reassess the situation and let us know from there on out uh, what's going to happen. So... I'm going to figure out a way. When I go home, I'm going to buy a few things, try to set some a few things up, and uh, be able to start all, start all this up again. Uh, but, yeah, sadly, I don't know when that's going to be. But I'm super excited. I, I'll have another one up probably in a week or so. I, I hope to have all the equipment at my house ready to go. But uh, really, thank you for listening. And... I'm going to head out of here with some more country music. I'm in some phase, apparently, and I love it. I'm enjoying all of it, and on my ride home tomorrow, I'm just going to have this playlist on shuffle the entire time. But have a great day. Thank you. Cause long-